0: The killer has struck six times since last
1: summer.
2: He's not suffering. There is a major new
3: development. That's not our music anymore, though. I know, it's catchy, though. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of A Dark Tale. I am your host, Joe, and next to me, as always, is... I'm James. Thanks for listening. Wherever you are, thank you for (laughs) listening. We really appreciate it. This week we have a somewhat interesting, a very interesting case brought to our attention by a woman named Amanda Shirley. Now, she is the sister of the victim in this week's case... She reached out a couple months ago telling the story about how her brother's death was ruled a suicide, but there is some ominous goings on surrounding the situation, and that's what me and James are here to break down for you.
0: So thank you very much uh, to Amanda Shirley for bringing all of the the details.
3: Yeah, she sent us a lot of information that Frankly, took a while to get through. Yeah, it's very obvious she's doing this to everyone she can get in contact with. So Yeah, she's trying to wa- raise as much awareness as possible because her resources are limited as yeah. anyone's would be in, in in a case like this. It yeah. takes a lot. You'll see how
0: blindsided she was, but... In addition to that, if there's a case that you personally know about or something that you'd like to us to talk about, check out the description on the episode. You'll have some details there to figure out how to get a hold of us. You can send them there or just wait to the end of the episode where we'll plug
3: ourselves. Yeah. So who was DJ Fickey? Let's get into a little bit of background. DJ was 27 mm-hmm. and he had a wife and three children. According to pretty much everyone that spoke on this case, DJ was loved by all. He was kind of, uh, the attention gravitated towards him. Everyone wanted to be be this guy's friend. He's a very likable guy.
2: Hi, everybody. My name is Amanda Shirley. I am DJ Ficky's sister and the main advocate for him since he was killed. Well, DJ was the boy, the only boy, of three girls him and myself were the two middle children we had a special connection i guess because of that we were very close through through our whole life i remember him aggravating the crap out of us all the time anytime we would have friends over or anything like that dj would want to be stuck right under our butts followed us around you know he wanted to be in the middle of everything we didn't want him around but we came to accept him because he was our brother he never met a stranger DJ could walk up to anybody, just anywhere, and strike up a conversation with them. And they would talk to him like they had knew him his whole life. He never met a stranger. He was just... People were lured to him.
0: We're looking at Georgia and Alabama. That's the setting of this entire story, just to give you an idea of where we're looking at. Yeah, we're
3: going to be kind of bouncing between two locations in each state. But DJ and Brandy, his wife both lived in Alabama. Being a southern boy growing up in Alabama, DJ loved college football on Saturdays and Sundays. He was a church-going man with his family.
0: He was very close with his family. He had a very good relationship with his father specifically, is what's noted. Um, His father unfortunately passed away when he was very young. I think he was only Fourteen when his dad passed wow. away. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when you're that young, you really never get over something like that. I think when
3: fourteen, that's a yeah. rough age. You, yeah, know, a... you need that direction. So he
0: he struggled a lot, and yeah. uh, unfortunately, he had a, his, he started to develop a history of substance abuse too. Mm-hmm. He knew a girl in in school, Brandy, and uh, they would remain close throughout school, and then after school, they kept running into each other. Um, I think they, they shared a lot of the, some similar issues in terms of their, in terms of their their drug, drug addiction, drug addictions. Yeah. Um, but they, they kept each other close. They had three kids and they eventually got married. Okay. According to Amanda, they loved each other very much.
3: Okay. So they were struggling together, but they were together. A common story in America. Unfortunately. Yeah. And having three kids, it just makes it all that much harder. So in May of 2016, DJ and Brandy were in a car with some friends. They got pulled over and all four people in the car caught a drug charge. Now, this is because one individual wouldn't fess up and take all the heat, so everybody gets charged. That being said, two months later in July, July 2nd, DJ gets out of jail, but Brandy is still there. Now D.J goes home to his mother's, and he starts to date other women. Whatever. He starts to date other women while Brandy's still in jail. We're, we're obviously glazing over months at a time,
0: and there's a lot of intricacies when of you're course. Rela- when you have a complex relationship. So. But I
3: don't want to get too hung up on, you know, his intimacies and her feelings, right. but that'll come later. That's just how it was.: So, according to Amanda. After DJ was released, he was attending an outpatient rehab program Mm -hmm. and making all attempts to stay clean and sober and mainly doing this for his children.
0: Mm -hmm. She's not the only one to say he was doing well. Not even Brandy, too. We have other people um, along the investigation that say they thought DJ was doing pretty good, too.
3: Right, right. So on August 19th, now, DJ's been living at home with his mom, trying to stay clean, going to rehab. Mom's helping raise the kids, too. Right. Now, we should mention that DJ's mother isn't in the best of health. She has a surgery coming up in a few months. We, again, not going to get into details because we don't know all of them. Relevant. August eight or August 19th, rather, Brandy finally gets out of jail and comes back home with uh, with DJ to his mothers to be with him and the children. Now, on the 29th, eight days later, somebody comes looking for Brandy. Either it was a bail bondsman or something s- something to do with a warrant. Not we don't sure. have all the... I, I, yeah, we don't have the details there. It may have been a parole officer. Either way... They got out of Dodge. Brandy and DJ decided to hightail it so Brandy wouldn't go back to prison, or back to jail, rather. And uh, Amanda's mom, DJ's mom, takes Brandy and DJ to Brandy's aunts in Georgia from Alabama. They stayed there a few nights, and um, on September 6th, DJ and Brandy stayed at a friend's house on uh, what I have on my notes here. It just says 41st Street. Now, I'm not sure if that's Alabama or Georgia. I'm going to say it's Georgia.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of flip-flopping between the two locations, but it seems like when he when they were uh, evading whoever that was, was that they were evading, right. they spent a lot of time in Georgia. Right. So I'm just assuming it was in Georgia.
3: Now, when it comes to this location in Georgia, we're going to have to leave out some of the actual names, and we're going to be using a lot of nicknames.
0: Yeah, this is really the crux of the story here. We're going over the facts, and we're going to explain what happened to create this situation. We're going to talk about the situation, and we're going to talk about why it's so open-ended that we can't even use
3: everybody's name yet because right. the, the, these a lot of Everything, things are, There's a lot of things that are still up in the air, and uh, yeah, we've just been asked to keep some people's names out of it. So we're going to use some nicknames that the family uses and um, that's how we'll handle that situation. So there's a person who we'll be referring to as the old man. Now this is DJ's personal friend that he's known and stayed with off and on over the past years. That's right. Old man has somewhat of a larger property where there's a series of Trailers, Mm -hmm. double wide, single wide trailers, where he lets people stay. I'm guessing he rents them, rents out the space. Apparently, it's just a bit of a hangout spot too. At that, it's just kind of the place where, yeah, a lot of people were in a certain circle. It was kind of a seedy circle. Yeah, a lot of people in and out. Right. So, old man has this man that we'll be referring to as the roommate, who has a trailer on old man's property. Now, DJ and Brandy would stay at this friend's house. This is the house on 41st Street, excuse me. Now, they couldn't stay there because of all the people going in and out. Brandy went back to her aunt's house. We're not sure if DJ followed, but we later find out that Brandy wasn't wanted at her aunt's house because of a jealousy factor due to one of the other women living there. According to Amanda. According to Amanda. yeah, We have a lot of notes from Amanda here that we're we're looking at in front of us, and we're just trying to keep everything as cohesive as possible.
0: What we're really looking at right now is just two younger people who had trouble with drugs. They were very much involved in each other's lives with having kids and things like that. Um, They would try to keep each other clean, but a lot of times when one was sober, the other one would not be. And in general, coming out of jail this summer, it was just a lot of uneasiness in their lives. They're moving around and just trying to find some stability, and it seems
3: nowhere to be found. So DJ was sending out several messages on Facebook, reaching out to friends, family, trying to find somewhere to go for him and Brandy, and he was also going to different friends and family, trying to just totally repeat myself. He ended up back at the old man's house at the end of the... No, there was when pl- it's all said yeah. and done. Yeah. It was a place to go. Yeah. Now, DJ had a friend. Um, I'm going to leave her name out of it, just in case, because I'm not sure. But DJ had this friend that came and picked up him at the old man's house and took him to get something, something to eat. Now, while him and this friend were eating, DJ took the time to tell his friend that the roommate, this man that uh, Brandy's involved with, had been trying to kill him. DJ told his friend about the roommate jumping him when he was getting out of the shower and putting a knife to his throat, a separate time jumping him with a baseball bat and DJ knocking out the roommate's tooth with a golf club.
0: It sucks that that was the only place that he had to stay at that point. Yeah, so
3: he's definitely in a rock and a hard place. Just to
0: keep people grounded, because we're throwing a lot of names and and stuff, and they're moving around a lot. Thank you. you. You got DJ and Brandy, they're both looking for places to go, and it seems like the only place they can go is this place called the Old Man's House. At the Old Man's House, there's another guy who is the roommate. The roommate and Brandy had a thing going on that causes some
3: strife between all three. Thank you for that. Yeah, I just... Serious clarification. I just really wanted to, yeah, because... Keep everybody on track, including me. So obviously DJ and the roommate had a very tumultuous back and forth on a couple occasions. DJ's friend that he was telling all this to said that DJ was covered in bruises, and she said it looked like he was beat up with some sort of bat or blunt object. DJ also told this friend that if anything ever happened to him that he wanted to have the roommate as well as Brandy investigated because he would never do anything to hurt himself. Now that seems this is back on September the 24th. 2016? 2016. So this is about a week or two before DJ's death pretty foreboding definitely let's move ahead to the 30th of September we're now about four days from the incident causing DJ's death DJ was still trying to find a solid resting place where he and Brandy could go so he tried another friend's house but they weren't home so he walked to his aunt's house he told his aunt about the whole story about the roommate jumping him out of the shower and the altercation was all about Brandy, basically. Yeah, of course. It's all over Brandy. And the roommate was trying to kill him. He, he explained this again to his aunt. So this is two people that he's telling almost a week before his actual death that this man is trying to kill him. He's made multiple threats. Or at least violent. Yeah. Yeah. All all over his wife. We can't forget that Brandy and DJ are married. DJ continues to tell his aunt he told her that he was worried that he was going to do something stupid. The roommate was going to do something stupid and try to take the kids away from him and his mother, Kathy. Because remember, Kathy was looking after DJ's kids. Kathy is DJ's mom. Yes. Yeah. The aunt also noted DJ told her about another altercation where DJ and Brandy were outside of the camper where the roommate was staying on the swing, talking about moving back in with DJ's mom. The roommate must have overheard the conversation because he came out of the camper, put a gun to Brandy's head and told her that he would have her leaving there in a body bag and made her go inside the camper. So there's definitely some signs, some, some red flags pointing to this roommate. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people
0: are probably raising their eyebrows wondering how the hell do you subject yourself to that sort of living situation? Yeah. And the answer is, I mean, probably a
3: mix of feelings for your significant other and drugs. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go as far as in to say that this roommate was probably a steady supply of drugs.
0: Yeah. That's it, that's what I gathered too by looking over everything. There's a lot more detail that we can't share, but a lot of, a lot of it does point towards the fact that the roommate from Old Man's house was just kind of like the hookup, right? Not, and more than just like a relationship hookup, he had yeah. he had supplies that kept addicts coming.
3: Right. Now the aunt was told all this on September 30th, 2016. That night, DJ is dropped off back at old man's house and apparently from the notes that I have here from Amanda Brandy and DJ get back together officially so on October 1st DJ calls Kathy his mother to check in on the kids talk to them see how his his younger son Jack was doing and Jack told him that he wanted a choo-choo train for Christmas After talking to him, he talked to his mom again and told his mom not to buy anything for Christmas, that he wanted to be the one to get things for his kids this Christmas. So he's looking ahead to, you know, the holidays and... um, Yeah, making plans. Making plans, exactly. I, I know what gifts to get my kids now. Right. Amanda says he was apparently happy during the whole conversation and... All things considered, he was in good spirits. Now, this brings us to the day slash night of the incident. That would be October 3rd, 2016. Right. So around one thirty central time, that would be Alabama, Amanda got a call from her mother, Kathy. Amanda says that she sat, had to say hello a few times because she wasn't getting a response at all. All she could hear was crying and yelling. Amanda assumed that her mom was in an argument or in a struggle of some sort with her husband. So she hung up. Amanda hung up. And she called back immediately, and mom was hysterical. Amanda says she couldn't understand what she was saying. She was asking what was wrong, and um, Kathy shouted, DJ's dead. And Amanda kept saying, No, no, no. She ran into the bedroom to wake up her husband and yelled to wake him up and let let him know that uh DJ was dead. I'm sure her entire world is spinning in that moment. It's guy uh, you know, I I can't even put myself in that place. So uh DJ's mom was on the phone while on the phone with Amanda. uh, Pretty much said she had to get up there and and get to DJ. I think it's like a 45-minute drive, though, between the two areas. Right. So as we mentioned that um, DJ's mom was not in the best of health, so Amanda's husband, Rick, got them all in the car and, um, and took them up. On the way to the old man's house... Kathy got a call from who she thought was a detective but was in fact Dwayne Wilson the coroner she told him that her son did not kill himself and that she had text messages on the phone where he was texting her and was afraid for his life now should we get into that a little bit James or or do you want to do no I think we should
0: no I think we should um because we already set up the fact that he was having some altercations with the roommate beforehand. Right. So he was getting into it with him again, um, with the roommate. Uh, probably, actually, according
3: to the text messages with his mom, it was over Brandy. Of course. Um, <clears throat> it definitely sounds like DJ was afraid for his life. They, uh, There's a few that say, the, he's texting his mother saying... You know, I've got to get out of here. If I don't get out of here, I'm going to die. And he was saying some pretty explicit things. Yeah, he was pretty detailed. Things like, you've got to come get me now. And I'm going to end up dead here. Now, let's try to put this whole thing in context. Um, Obviously, DJ is telling his mom, you know, it's the same shit that's happening. We're fighting about Brandy. Yeah. Literally, she says, What's going on?
0: He says same shit. He's he's yelling, he's I mean he's yelling through the text messages. Yeah, all, all caps, caps and yeah. yeah.
3: So he's excited and he's he's worried and his mom is obviously sick and she even asks him, Are you are you and the roommate getting into it? And yeah, it it it's it's blatantly obvious that DJ is trying to get himself out of a bad situation. He yeah. thinks something is going to happen and unfortunately his mom is sick she can't drive she's about 45 minutes away as we said earlier and these two guys are getting into it over brandy and i think his mom was just like not trying to hear it at the time
0: yeah i'm just imagining imagining it from her perspective she literally was getting a surgery soon she was in a lot of pain she has probably been dealing with situations similar sounding to these for mm-hmm. most of her son's life, mm-hmm. uh, not at least
3: most of her son's adult life, and uh, she was fed Especially up with the stress. Especially these last couple months after Brandy getting out of yeah there was, jail. I'm I'm sure there was a lot of she
0: helped them get out of there when the officer or whatever came to pick up Brandy or, or right. talk to Brandy. When Brandy was
3: being she helped when them. somebody was looking for Brandy. She. Took them out of the state. Yeah, and, and, she, and she watches their kids. So she's watching their kids. It's a lot of stress on this woman. And the uh, the
0: mom's phone. Mom's phone. Yeah, the, yeah. So bullshit. This is a this is a specific. This is a text verbatim. Bullshit, mom. We both got to get out of here to save our lives. Referring
3: to himself and Brandy. Yeah, she's she's she didn't want to and do she it. She says, "I'm trying to save mine. I can't take any any more stress." And DJ says, "Mom, please, I'm begging you." And you know what? I can't blame the mom. No, I can't, I can't. blame the I, mom. Uh, I know it's
0: it it. I the texts are so hard to look at, especially knowing that he did die very
3: shortly thereafter. But yeah, even you, if she had hopped into that car and was able to get there in time, which she wasn't, yeah, she wouldn't. It, She would have never made it.
0: Yeah, she actually, even if she had jumped right up and said, you got it, I'm on your way, honey, I'll do anything for you, she would not have made it, and he still would have been dead. There's no reason to uh, look at it in that way at all. No. So, anyway, he sent these text
3: messages to his mom.
0: It was, what, three minutes after the last text message
3: or something like that? Something around between two and four minutes, yeah, after the last text message was sent to his mom. Uh, Turns out DJ is dead so let's kind of unpack it a little bit because a lot happened in a very short amount of time there's four people in this trailer on the night or on the day of the third we have brandy we have the roommate we have dj and we have another person we'll just call the roommate's friend now where should we start from whose account so after
0: Yeah. So after th- we know that he was dead within a few minutes of that following text message, because there was a 911 call from the roommate saying that someone had shot themselves. Right. That, that was the base of the 911 call.
4: Sir, I need a hammer uh, to, uh... Okay, what's the problem? Uh, we got a guy who shot himself. Okay, what did he shoot himself with? A shotgun. Okay, is he breathing? Uh, it looks like it, yeah, I don't know. I just think How old it. is he? So I tried to get the gun. I tried to get the gun, and it went off. And he had it in his mouth. And I was like, man. You know. What? What is it a 12 gauge? Uh, yeah. Is he still able to talk? Uh, is he still able to talk? No, I mean he's stuck his mouth. All right, is he still breathing? Yeah, looks like it. All right, All right. All right. Hang, on one, hang on one second. I'm gonna get I'm getting everybody going.
3: Okay, so that first one, that that was the first one, and I just want to point out that that 911 operator has zero sense of urgency from the way his voice sounds. They kind of have to be like that. They they, It's a lot of breathing. There's a lot of space. He's like, is he breathing? And it's felt like 10 minutes later. How old is he? You yeah, know what I mean? <laughs> I know.
0: I know that some aspect of that has to be their job because they can't being just too excited in the voice, like is already it's it's already probably gonna amp somebody up even more. They have to kind of be in a very neutral, de escalating tone, regardless I of guess the situation. So. Yeah, it's-
3: but the biggest thing for me is the fact that the call disconnects because we know You hear some yelling too. We definitely hear some yelling in the background, which I'm assuming is brandy.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm probably not gonna play the full Clips because there is like a lot of ble- breathing, uh, uh, honestly. So I'm I'm probably just going to string it together so you get the, of d- the
3: yeah the gist of the big parts. But we got a lot of open space on some of these calls, and um, yeah, we know nine one one isn't going to hang up on you, so it's a better bet that the caller hung up on nine one one. So that's the that, here's the next call.
4: 27. 27? Yeah. Okay, is he still breathing? Where's the damage done to his head? Inside his mouth. Inside his mouth. Inside his mouth? his mouth. Inside his mouth. Hey, what's in A 27 year old male uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. he had a gun in his mouth. Really there was a discharge. There an exit wound. Yeah. Possibly still breathing. We're still keeping yeah. the, the game further. <laughs> oh is please he let breathing? You CJ. He's what? CJ. CJ. His name is CJ? Yeah, it's Swagate. Okay, I know it's close, Gage. Yes. Yeah. Is he breathing though? Is he moving at all? Yeah, he's playing dead. Oh my God, I tried to get a gun from him. And she thinks I—I Will you please just send a hammer? All right, the ambulance, sheriff's department, and the fire department coming. Okay. I need—I need to know. if they- can you hear me? Yes, well. This, this is Walker County 911, okay? 911. Yeah. Okay, I need to talk to you. Can you give me your attention? Yes, sir. Okay, the gun, where is it located now? It's in the chair with him. I, okay. I got the gun up and checked to see what it was. It was a 12 gauge. Okay, so you moved the gun, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Can you secure that gun? Can you uh, get it unloaded safely and, and lay it to the side out of the way? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Can you do that while I'm talking to you? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll give you just a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. The, are you going to be the one doing it? Okay, so there's nothing in the gun at this point, correct? No. The gun is empty, correct? No. Mike.
0: Here they are. Mike. So the nine one one calls just give us a, a image of a very chaotic scene. Very. Yeah. Very, um, a lot of. <clears throat> you hear brandy yelling in the ba- in the background and it almost sounds like they're kind of working together to keep him awake or something like i guess both...
3: they were trying to figure if he was still breathing cuz you you heard that first officer uh ask multiple times is mm-hmm. he is he breathing is he breathing and that question's never i don't think it's completely answered uh, he says no but the the author, the responder is still trying to establish whether or not he is in fact breathing. Yeah. All the while, the roommate actually says to the nine, the second one, 911 operator that he moved the gun and then the operator proceeds to tell him to secure the gun, unload it, move it out of the way. Mm-hmm. That's contamination.
0: I asked a third party. And so what what stands out to me in that phone call was before they asked him that, they asked, where was the gun? And he said, I have it. Hmm. So I went to a friend of mine. I asked if it was standard procedure for a 911 dispatcher or operator to tell somebody to move or unload a gun, especially in the case of uh, discovering a suicide scene. Hmm. And he said... That if the police are on their way to a, a location and the person if if a person does have a loaded gun if they have it then they will be told to secure it. Okay. So the fact that he I, the fact that he told them that he still like had the gun he was mm-hmm. holding it was probably what caused them to do that.
3: Okay. So not all that unusual for nine one one to say hey unload that gun, put it in a safe spot. The police are on their way.
0: Yeah, we, okay. were, we were we were scratching our chins a little. Uh, while we were reading up on it. It seemed fishy, like this is like a totally incorrect thing to do, but apparently
3: it's it's not all out of the normal. Okay. Well thanks for clearing that up. At the point of the nine one one call, there's a lot of confusion. Apparently there's some disconnections there and uh like I said before, there's multiple operators that the roommate is speaking with. So We have the, what you would call, I guess, the uh, investigator's point of view. From the 911 call to the text message evidence. um, Why don't we look at it from a different point of view?
0: Let's look at the other two people in the room. Brandy and the friend of the roommate. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to look at it from Brandy's point of view. Okay. Apparently that day, the day... That DJ died. They were staying together in Old Man's trailer. We knew that they were back together and they were staying at Old Man's house. Right. Um, according to Brandy now, uh, that day they woke up because they were whatever it was sleeping together. They woke up and the first thing was the roommate offered them some meth and they declined. They left him at his camper and they went to the main trailer to get something to drink and use the restroom. and I guess get ready. DJ checked on Brandy, and the, and they had a short conversation about his mom and everything else. And he went back to the living room watch while, while she finished doing her hair or whatever in the bathroom.
3: Now, can I stop you? Yes. Was that conversation the same conversation they had outside where they were talking about moving back in with the mother? Um, Possibly. Or, ne- or is this the day of? This was the day of. Okay yeah my, the, no, my, no no this was the day mistake. yeah the, the day that he died
0: they okay. they woke up in the trailer together roommate offered him some meth they said no and they went to the main trailer to kind of just get ready get just get the, the day, day going. started yeah just get the day going yeah um they had a conversation while she was in the bathroom i guess straightening you know fixing up her hair Uh huh. and then he retired to the living room right uh she was fi- still fixing herself in the bathroom okay um as soon as she finished, she went into the living room where she joined DJ. And the roommate's friend, which, you know, that's this when we keep using like non names like this, it starts to get confusing. But uh, the roommate's friend was also right behind her. So he was also in that main area. When he got, to, when she got to the living room, And by the time her eyes met DJ's, the roommate came out of the bedroom that was behind DJ, angrily and violently, she says. And from DJ's left side, uh, he held a gun and started yelling, DJ, you goddamn motherfucker, and shot it. Hmm. According to Brandy. I remember
2: coming out of the bathroom, and as soon as I seen DJ sitting on the couch texting his mom... Um, the roommate came out from behind him and cussed him and shot him. After the incident, I ran towards the roommate in shock, and um, then I ran outside the house. But I realized that I had left EJ sitting in there, so I went back to him and held his hand and hoping he would pull through.
3: She doesn't mention anything about trying to get the gun away? or Not
0: according to this statement, which she handed into a private detective later on. She ran out of the house, scared for her life. Uh, she was screaming. Probably what we heard on those nine one one calls. Yeah, and uh, she says that she didn't know what else to do. She, but she knows she didn't want to just like leave DJ there, so right. she actually went back inside. Okay. Um, the The friend of the roommate has a similar story. He says that he was also walking, I think, down the hall or whatever have you going into the main room going into the living room and through from his perspective he says he also saw them struggling with the gun the roommate and dj the roommate and dj and the room the roommate then also
3: shot he shot dj so he pretty much lines up his story with brandy almost exactly
5: okay
2: well finger on the trigger when the gun went off
5: yes did
2: DJ ever touch the gun? And be honest with me, please.
5: Yes, he had his hand up on it, his left hand. Was he? Tr-
2: was he trying to knock it out of his hand?
5: I don't know if he Lock- was.
2: Was he trying to block it?
5: It was. It was so instantaneous when it went off compared to when I come through the door. I mean, it was like as soon as I come through is when the gun went off. Because okay. I, actually le- I actually left. I actually
2: left. You left and came back.
5: And then turned around and came back because I felt, you know, it wasn't right to just take off and leave like that.
2: Do you feel like did it on purpose?
5: Honestly, no. I don't. I know he meant to intimidate him, but right. I really don't think he meant for the gun to go off like it did. I really don't.
2: Why did Mark bring the gun up there that morning to begin with?
5: Um, for intimidation. He was just trying to scare him into shutting up. Who the hell points a loaded
2: uh, gun at somebody's
5: face? I mean, is be that stupid? Yeah,
0: I mean, he really is. He, he was trying to give the roommate a little, a little leeway, uh, saying
3: he doesn't really think he intended to kill him, but... Okay, so that's not so much what Brandy was saying. The way Brandy makes it sound, it sounds like he was very angry, very violent, and had intentions full, to kill. Full intent. Yeah.
0: But either way, uh, the friend of the roommate saw something similar happen. Same thing, too. He ran away because a gun just went off. You don't know what's happening. You run. Um, but he also returned to the scene, too. With, okay, with, so
3: everybody came back. With Brandy, yeah. Because
0: now we, have, we can go over the roommate's perspective, I think.
3: Yeah, the roommate was... He's got, you know, uh, like a two-hour interrogation that we pretty much watch fully... And we also have an investigative polygraph report that gives his play-by-play of what went down.
0: Mm-hmm. Was there a lot in between that, between the phone calls, the police arrived, they took some photos of the scene, but I think this was, this was really the most of the investigation that we're about to get into.
3: Yeah, I think this is, this is it. Detective Scroggins advised the roommate of his legal rights And the examinee, I'm sorry, the roommate related that he discussed the whole situation with his attorney. And the attorney advised him against taking any kind of polygraph without counsel present. But he decided against that and went ahead with the polygraph saying he wanted to help out any way he could. Adamant that he wanted to help. Uh, During the interview prior to the exam... The roommate detailed his relationship with DJ and Brandy and, of course, other witnesses that were there, the roommate's friend. and He explained the relationship with everybody right up until the incident. He said how he himself, DJ, and Brandy all resided in this camper at the time, and he explained that all three of them were dealing with substance abuse issues and use drugs basically on a daily basis. He he related that there had been some previous sexual contact between himself and Brandy. Mm. We referenced a bit of a love triangle before, and he's kind of confirming that. The roommate went on to explain how he had been attempting to dissuade DJ and Brandy from using any kind of drugs all the while saying they continue to use basically every day.
0: Yeah, he's during the entire polygraph and interview, he seemed to try to reiterate how much he want, just wanted to help everybody and yeah. things like that, how he wanted to get everybody off drugs and just to uh, help everybody with their situations. Yeah. Uh, and, and, like.
3: it, and it was like the hand of God thing the whole way through, you know. Uh, the, I swear to God, I swear to god he he also he fully admits to having a drug issue himself right
0: um but he swears that the last time he took drugs up until that moment was like three days prior to the that interview, which they only have
3: his word to go on right, but he claims that d j and Brandy were using on a daily basis mm-hmm <clears throat> so up until the um that gives you an idea of what was going on in that trailer up until the incident so according to the roommate his version of the events leading up to the shooting say that he discovered dj sitting in a chair near near the front door holding a sawed-off shotgun threatening to shoot himself he stated that he had attempted to take the weapon out of dj's hands and that as the two of them struggled over the weapon, Brandy come up behind him, grabbed him by the arm, pulling away from DJ, and in that motion, the weapon accidentally discharged.
1: Show me how he was holding the gun. You you direct me how you said it. The gun was down in the chair arm, right. way down here, you know, it's got a big pillow over it. He came up out of it like this, but kind of I seen him. He was, had the gun like this right here, and he had his thumb just like that. Right. And he was trying to put it right here under his chin. Like that? Yeah, but the bottle was longer. And I was like, DJ, man, I said, what the fuck, man? And I went, I gotta hold the gun. I grabbed the gun like this, and I'm pulling, and he's trying to put it back to his face like that. And I'm pulling away, and when I am sitting there, I turned around like this, and I got it away from his face, you know, got the gun away from him, trying to keep the barrel out from his face in case it did go off. Because mm-hmm. at the time, I didn't know if the trigger was pulled back, or the hammer. Mm-hmm. Well, when I yanked the gun like that, the gun, I had the barrel pointing toward the wall. When I yanked it like that, it come loose from his hand. I kept my hand over it. like. Pulling like it did. Yeah. Okay. Same loose. Like and, that. So now? And I got my hand over this. All right. I'm sitting there, and he's pulling the gun, trying to put it back. Both through. hands? One hand, two hands? Oh, yeah, both hands. So he's, he's got both hands back. up here. And no, one of them was down here trying to move my hand. And I'm like, DJ, please, just give me the goddamn gun, man. I said, you don't want to do nothing like it. And about that time, my arm yanked. And it said, boom.
3: The... Roommate demonstrates as realistically as possible the struggle over the weapon for detectives right before the polygraph. And based on the demonstration and the evidence from the scene, detectives say it seemed unlikely that the shooting occurred as described by the roommate. The roommate specifically denied intentionally pointing the weapon at DJ, denied threatening to shoot DJ, And denied pulling the trigger to shoot dj now he was asked a series of questions in the polygraph test but the two most relevant were these these two following questions did you point that gun at dj answer no did you shoot dj answer no upon completion of the polygraph and the analysis The examinee's physiological responses recorded on the polygraph exam is in the express opinion of the examiner that deception was indicated to the above two questions. So, the roommate is in the room with detectives and the polygraph administrator, they advise him that deception was picked up and in a post-test interview, after being confronted with the fact that deception was indicated, the roommate maintains that he did not intentionally shoot DJ. He in- admitted that there had been an occasion earlier where he pointed another weapon, some sort of pellet rifle, at DJ. But as the post-interview continued, the roommate provided more and more additional information regarding the incident incident on the night of, some being inconsistent with his previous statements and all the while maintained his that the shooting was, in fact, accidental.
0: So, again, regardless of your opinions of polygraphs, they this is what we found out they do. I mean, this is because they're effective in this method. They press these questions and when he goes over a story multiple times and then adds more details later or changes things up and they say well why didn't you tell us that the first time and that happens a lot during this interview yeah um i i think we're gonna have to double check to see what we can and can't play because i think i would really like to play a couple clips from the polygraph interview absolutely um his reaction, so this is, again, this is the same guy who who first called 911 and said that DJ had shot himself. Um, he even mentions wrestling with the gun Yeah. Uh, or trying to grab the gun there. Yeah, um, so
3: that story is pretty much consistent from him anyway yeah. throughout. So what happened? Um,
0: because during that polygraph interview, we get a, a lot of... A lot of f- fun sound bites, like if he most definitely didn't kill DJ, but if he did, it was an accident. Right. Um, he repeats that a few times. Yeah, and he also bursts out into tears. At, what it seemed to be tears. Like f- maybe three or four times before the polygraph,
3: and I think I think like three times after it too. Yeah. So like, um, and it 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 always revolves around the the actual shooting of DJ. Right before or right after the question of was it intentional, the waterworks flood the uh, flood the room. And I, I, you know, I I don't want to be too much of an armchair psychologist here,
0: but if you watch the interview, which obviously we don't have that luxury, being an audio podcast, his. His posture is absolutely defensive, and it gets so yeah. much worse. When yeah, his he...
3: arms are crossed. He's almost sinking into his his body, and it, in this, in, back into the chair, and he gets tight and tense. His face gets very red. It's just telltale signs of deception. Yeah. You don't need to be an investigator to to see these things, that a person's lying.
0: Was there a lot more in the investigation beyond that polygraph? Because we didn't even talk about what the medical examiner decided on, which kind of like steamrolled the case. I
3: want to say that the investigation pretty much comes to a standstill for some reason. Even though that there's this, uh, this investigative report with the polygraph examination all on tape... I mean, we sat here and watched the two hours worth of it. And I'm not any kind of expert by any means, but I I would have had that guy in handcuffs. Yeah. But the, we, from what we can tell, nothing really happened. Nothing materialized after that investigation. And Amanda Shirley went ahead and invi- and hired her own private investigator a man by the name of Eric Eccles and he's the one who's actually keeping this thing alive along with Amanda's uh publicity he's the one getting his hands dirty and asking why is this being ruled a suicide the aut- autopsy just
0: labeled that it could be that the injuries could be consistent with a suicide in that right. he shot himself but there's a lot of extra evidence to to provide context. We right. have we have so many character witnesses re- saying that intimidation with a gun is something that the roommate had done on a repeated basis. Right. Um intimidation with a knife. Yeah, we know that there was a struggle between all three of, between there was a stress between all three of these people.
3: Yeah, whether it was over brandy, whether it was about the drug situation they were all enveloped in.
0: We have the text messages saying that DJ is afraid that he's going to die. Yeah. And then he shows up dead. We have a name. We we have this trash fire of a polygraph and interview.
3: Yeah. I mean, that it's... And then it was ruled a suicide. And we listened to a phone call from the private investigator, Mr. Eccles, and the medical examiner. And... I think James Jaw hit the floor when he heard the medical examiner say that because there was drugs in DJ's system, we can't not rule it a suicide. Yeah, pretty much. The, Eric Eccles, the private investigator who was following
0: up on the groundwork. Every possible lead. Yeah, he was just asking these basic questions. He said with this other evidence how can this be called a suicide and the medical examiner basically summed it up as saying well we found traces of stimulants therefore suicide i i wish i was
3: paraphrasing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean because there's some sort of stimulant whether it's meth or whether it's caffeine that seems to be the basis for the ruling He
0: was making plans to buy his children Christmas gifts. He was trying to... He was very active in trying to find a more stable situation for at least himself or himself and Brandy the entire summer.
3: Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like uh, from the 911 call to the point where this investigation just kind of stopped until the PI got involved, I don't know why... But it seems like we have a suspect Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and And unfortunately we can't use his name because as our great constitution says, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. But the fact of the matter is this man hasn't been charged. So just imagine that. Imagine you get a call
0: saying one of your closest relatives is dead and right from that sentence you knew in your heart what had happened that's what Amanda said. She she yeah, said she, she knew.
3: knew from the moment that her mother called with the the news of DJ's death that it wasn't a suicide. It wasn't there was definitely some foul play at yeah. work here. Yeah, so you have that.
0: You have the text messages. You have all these people who can attest to the character of the roommate. Right. Um you, a regular everyday citizen who is now thrust into these horrible circumstances, maybe you trust that the situation is now going to unfold and justice will prevail, right? That's what we all...
3: That's what you should be able to hope for. That's what we're all
0: raised to believe, right? Well, this is... I don't know what the darker story is. The, The murder that was... Unresolved, or the fact that nothing
3: happened. The fact that the murder that it, the murder was ruled a suicide, and then that's it. Is it is it because they used
0: drugs? Is that it that they didn't want to put out any iota of extra effort?
3: I mean, that that could certainly play a factor. It being that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you're right. Because these people have a, a a problem, and it is a problem, but they're people nonetheless. There's, and somebody yeah. lost their life because, you know, he was fighting for someone he loved. And now three kids don't have a dad. And not only do they not have a dad, they don't even have closure. Mm-hmm. The kids won't have closure Amanda doesn't have closure, and it's just a sad situation all around. And we hope everyone listening can share this story because Amanda does need all the help she can get right now.
0: Injustice for All. This should be our new podcast, just
3: talking about all the times the system had dropped the ball for these people. Happens a lot more frequently than we'd like to believe. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, so everything was just dropped. <clears throat> Amanda stopped
0: uh, her 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 emails would go unanswered. Her phone calls would not be returned. Right. Um, she was just left, and uh, we we kind of had a. We talked uh, a, f- a couple episodes to Sarah Turney, yeah. Who it sounds like she went through a lot of the same thing. Yep. Where eventually. You know, they give you a, what a card and says, "You know, keep we'll keep in contact with you." But yeah. that talk event- to the
3: media. Best of luck. Yeah, eventually the contact just stops, and it's like, "Oh well, oops." The wife is left without a husband, the mother without a son, and the sister without a brother. It's uh, it's a lot more than the person. And even if it was an accident, then even if it was an accident, th- it's there still- should
0: st- there should still be some sort of. justice Justice there yeah like so i mean even if this guy can't own up to the fact that it was an accident Mm -hmm. um there's
3: somebody still needs to take some sort of responsibility what bugs me is his choice of words i i didn't shoot him but if i if i were if i did shoot him it wasn't intentional what
0: does is, what is the roommate say to everybody who says they saw him walk out and shot him, namely Brandy and uh, the quote-unquote friend? Um, well, he says Brandy's just crazy. Um, he says Brandy doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. And then he tries to come up with a couple—he comes up with a couple examples of why Brandy doesn't know what she's talking about. Mm. So.
3: I think detectives even tell him, you know what? You, you, you can't worry about what Brandy's thinking right now. You got to worry about yourself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think that was kind of a nudge to say, come on, man, you gotta, you gotta own up. Well, here you you messed up. Things happen, but you have to own up to it. You got to be a man.
0: Why would somebody not own up to something? Well, it could be with the fact that, that in Georgia, um, uh, what is it a a manslaughter charge versus a murder charge carries a death sentence is it it death sentence could be but it's more or less the same penalty is what we what Amanda was saying
3: oh yeah yeah but in the eyes of the law I mean the ultimate penalty would be different because of involuntary manslaughter right and first-degree murder being premeditated right the the overall outcome depending on your plea deals and all that shit yeah be different but I think he knew In, that if he went to that. I'm sorry to
0: interrupt, but I think that if he, the roommates, namely, um, I think that he knew that there probably could have been a case for premeditation.
3: Yeah, because of the, all the previous incidents. Yeah, the premeditation and, and the fucking text messages that would looks open and shut. Yeah, I mean, you have previous, uh, previous violence. You have those text messages from the day of and you have eyewitness accounts regardless the fact that eyewitness testimony is not the best thing to base a case off of but when you have two people in the same situation saying virtually the same story that this guy came out of the bedroom violent and angry and pointed the gun at dj yeah, I don't care if you're
0: trying to joke around and intimidate somebody or just be, you know, pull it, pull out that tough energy. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Yeah, because that's the shit that happens. Exactly. People get Shot. And,
3: yeah. Well, even if it is an accident. Even yeah. if you Yeah, just- that's
0: me giving him or me giving some um, benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. Thank you, God. Giving him the benefit of the doubt and saying, "Yeah, maybe it was an accident." Yeah. It, it was an accident that only happens when you're when you're when you're being dumb and high on meth
3: a cautionary tale um, don't do drugs it's really a shame because we just did a three part series on Scott Peterson and he was convicted with less evidence
0: less uh, yeah uh, yeah my god and, <laughs> and he's so, on death row there's so much that I would like to share with the audience too that we literally can't yeah because
3: it is so open and it's people's rights need to be protected yeah, we can't just trash people because of our opinion. But I would
0: just I'd like to say my that roommate is a piece of shit. I don't
3: care even from from the even from if he didn't do watched, it. From what we've watched, from what we've read, from what we've heard from Amanda herself. Yeah, even you're, if he didn't do right. it, like
0: it's he just comes
3: off as scummy. <laughs> I've, I I I can't see. If I'm sitting on a jury, I'm convicting him.
0: The fucking investigators seemed like they had the right idea. They were like, wow, this guy... Like- yeah, I
3: just don't know where it fell off. Amanda, when you listen to this, maybe you can oh, get I- you on here and uh, you can give us some details on where the um, investigation actually plateaued and... You know, I'd well, love for, to hear from you.
0: She may, she may have actually mentioned it during one of the uh, videos we have, but I forget who said it. But somebody said it. But the medical examiner or the, or the coroner or something didn't even talk to the investigators. There's absolutely no communication. So when it was just labeled suicide, it just like it was briefly. It just stuck. Yeah, that was it. There, there was no nobody. Communi- yeah. No,
3: none. It's just that's it. Yeah, I mean, they figure the medical examiner's the expert. Why should we question any authority when I don't have any medical background? I mean... That's insanity. You know what? It is in hindsight, but I, I'm guessing uh, the in the heat of the moment, it's, it's just something that's overlooked.
0: Yeah, let's wrap up. Um, again, our condolences to... Amanda Shirley and
3: the entire family of, yeah, of to DJ, DJ's kids, to to Brandy, to his mother. Um, I really hope. I hope this, something oh, comes of this. This is this is a somewhat recent case, so I, I don't know. Don't lose hope. That's for sure, because we've seen things stretch on for thirty years that that finally reach a resolution. I just hope that's not the case with this. Situation. I'd really like to see some justice for DJ and his family. And uh, yeah, just keep speaking the truth. That's like, it.
0: I think that's the only thing you can do. And
3: all right, well, I guess we're going to wrap it up here. Um, like we said earlier, if you want to get in touch with us about a case you might be interested in doing, swipe over those show notes. All the links will be there. I'm not going to list them off every time. We'll just put them out there. You know, cool. But genuinely, thank you for listening. Yeah, if there's uh, anything you'd like to say to us in terms of the uh, the podcast itself, let us know on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review because it really does help. And uh, we're slowly growing. We're almost at like 20,000 downloads, something to be said for that. Yeah, yeah. I think we had
0: a three-star in there somewhere. I want to thank that, that per- person in particular for being honest. Because everybody's one star or five star. I, I like the people with some nuance to their opinions. So thanks, thanks to the three stars out there. We'll try not to talk over each other.
3: <laughs> it really is appreciated, all, all the feedback. All the feedback is appreciated. We're just poking fun. We love you people. Thanks for listening, guys. All right, stay safe out there. Evil could be anywhere.